0: It's time for another exciting, enthralling, stupefyingly monotonous, and entirely unnecessary episode of TV Chinwag. Please welcome your hosts with them, Ryan and Jules. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 14 of TV Chinwag. My name is Ryan and with me in the flesh in her birthday suit is my partner Jules. Jules, (laughs) welcome. Please put some clothes on.
1: (sighs) Why? It's summer here. I don't want to put clothes on. Yes, I've come all the way across the Atlantic or some other large body of of water. um, The Pacific, actually. Crash landed on an island somewhere for a while. I've had to push a button every 108 minutes. Uh, until I escaped.
0: But no time passed for the rest but of the world. But no time
1: passed for the rest of the world. There was a polar bear eating fish biscuits. But that's another story.
0: Any Volkswagen fans?
1: Uh, maybe. And I did play a round of two of golf with this guy called Hurley. Right. Uh, the Lost references in there. Yeah. We must do a lost retrospective one That would be fun. We should do that. We're both Um,
0: losties. Did I hear they were thinking about doing a movie? No. I I swear I heard that. No. Is it a dream I had? No, you were dead. Uh, (laughs) That's a bit disappointing. A bit anticlimactic, isn't it? You were dead the whole time. After six seasons, that's what you're going to (laughs) get No, let's not
1: start that. I love you, Damon Lindelof. Don't listen to Ryan.
0: No, I didn't. I I was one who wasn't too upset about the... Oh, we're spoiling it, aren't we?
1: What, the ending? Yeah. Uh, whatever. Anyway, I am here sitting um, in my birthday suit because it was my birthday this week. So yay, me. Happy birthday, Jules. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone who's sitting out there thinking good thoughts to me. Um, but I'm actually here in Ryan's house. Yep,
0: in my house. My condo here in Canada.
1: In Canada.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and we're broadcasting live, and I'm sitting in front of one of the most erotic microphones I've ever
0: seen. That's not that erotic, actually. No, it's. I do have a penis mi- mic. Or <laughs> erotic? Erotic? I, I, I do ironic. have a penis-shaped microphone.
1: Now, now I'm just wondering if your penis looks like that. I'm not sure whether to be mightily impressed or call a doctor. I like the chainmail head on it. Yeah,
0: that is very butch.
1: That's that's very. (laughs) I like it myself. Mine straps on. But anyway, it's a lovely microphone.
0: And you can see our voices dancing over here, sounding all good.
1: That, this oh, is yeah. the
0: setup, Jules. This is what you're dealing with when you call in from Australia, you see? This is the kind of professionalism that we've reached in this level.
1: Yes, we managed to record our voices.
0: <laughs> I warned in the last episode that there might be some uh, some serious sexual tension in the air, a real will-they-won't-they oh, kind of vibe happening. I thought
1: you were going to apologize for the terrible technical quality of that. Well, I'm not going to apologize recording. for that. Okay, it was my fault.
0: <clears throat> well, we don't like to point fingers here, but yeah, it was your fault.
1: Sorry, let's get back to the, the burning sexual tension which uh, riots It's
0: a real, you know, um, you will um, have
1: to keep listening for another Moonlighting.
0: <laughs> a real x files
1: M- A real Destielian anyone, uh, Oh no.
0: Will, yeah.
1: will will the, will it become canon?
0: Right, canonical.
1: You will have to keep listening to TV Chinwag.
0: I think you're safe. I think I'm safe. <laughs> That's more like it.
1: You never know,
0: right? Guess what happened to this week in Los Angeles, Jules? I was there. You went to there. the Magic I was, Castle.
1: I was in Los Angeles. I was in the heart of, well, not movie making land, actually.
0: We call it Hollywood South here in Canada. Yes,
1: decision-making land, maybe, Mm -hmm, but I'm mm -hmm. now in the middle of TV and movie-making land up here in Vancouverland.
0: What's being filmed right now? Supernatural, The Flash, um, Arrow. Arrow, um, The
1: Whispers.
0: Oh, I haven't heard that. No,
1: except Charles Beeson, director, uh, tweeted about he's up here working on that. Um,
0: Cedar Pine? No, what is it? Um, Whisper? No, something Pines. Something Pines oh, That's gone now uh, Cedar Cove Was that one With uh, Annie McDowell
1: uh, Yes uh, that That's That's just finished mm-hmm. It's filming uh, the, what, Is the 100 Filmed again
0: It should be starting If it hasn't already
1: Yeah Uh and I think which is what what is just finished is Grace Point, which is out on um, yes. Vancouver Island with David Tennant, yep. uh, which is the remake of the English uh, series Broadchurch.
0: And Rain Wilson was just doing a show here as well. His... It's
1: all... Any big movies at the moment being filmed up here? No,
0: Warcraft just ended. Um, there must be something else happening. Something big is coming to town. I heard rumors that maybe the new Star Trek was going to be filmed here.
1: Oh, I heard rumors. In was, oh, the new Star Trek, because uh, I've heard rumors of the new Star Wars being filmed in Australia as well.
0: Mm, they always film in England, unless they're just no, a no. They filmed some the
1: first couple in Australia.
0: It's Star Wars. Yes, Star no, Wars. No, it yes, was at Pine, Pine Studios. In, uh... they did
1: a lot of it. and McGregor. Yes, yes. Oh, you're
0: talking Episode One and Two. Oh yeah, oh, yeah well we don't you're... talk about those. Aren't wow. canonical.
1: <laughs> oh that's a whole yeah. other podcast to yes do. that's
0: a uh, many different podcasts we that are out there we weep
1: vanished tears of um of, of vanished tears we weep vanished tears about the future of star wars but that's another story what's happened in tv land we had
0: week? the technical emmys this week i think they're called the technical emmys oh, oh okay creative Sorry. arts emmys if you prefer um these are ones that I think are pretty fun. You know, they're not always about the actors, and it really is about the crew that makes these shows and puts them together, in my opinion. That would
1: be, that would be why they're not broadcast and get very little media coverage. Well,
0: I think that's terrible, because there's so some really good stuff on here. Outstanding host for a reality show, Jane Lynch. She was great. Do you ever watch Hollywood Game Night? No. It's kind of fun, actually. It's a uh, she. She's a host, and it's it's like being in a, a, a living room, and there's celebrities, and they play different games, whether it's charades or oh. they draw on the paper or they do a match game, and it's it's always a lot of fun. She's a great host. I actually. like Jane Lynch. I do too. She's always very funny. Outstanding unstructured reality program. Your favorite? Deadliest, Deadliest Cat. Cat. That's a always a good one. They do a really good job, don't they?
1: Um, I must say, if you ever, if anyone has started watching Deadliest Catch after my big rave about it on our reality uh, episode, catch one of the sort of before season um, episodes they do because it's fascinating to see what they've done technically over the years in. Um, capturing everything from putting you know cameras on the end of hooks so that they can get below the water stuff right. but just the challenges of being on deck
0: yeah
1: and basically being embedded if you like there is no safe place for these these camera people right. to be they they have to be in the thick of things um and they they actually talk a bit about the relationship that they have to have and that line of are you just there to document what's going on what what Interaction you yeah. have when do you you know because it's obviously it's deadliest catch yeah. it's often very stressful for the crew and the captains and so uh, oh yeah
0: to think that the the film crew is in less stress than the crab fishermen mm. you're out to lunch if you think that
1: and what point sometimes do they should they intervene uh, yeah. you know if they think you know someone's you know having a hard time mm. or things mm. like that and, and it's one of the few where I've seen some degree of reflection. On their actual role in the in the process,
0: so there's a you know there's a, a real close usually there's a very close relationship between actors and the camera crew. They're the ones that are really working together and mm. coordinating, dancing if you will. Um, on these types of shows, they really become partners. although gold shows that I watch are the same thing, yeah. where the crew and the gold miners are really interchangeable. The only time you see them is when the cameras are running. Other than that, they're a really close crew. Mm. Helping each other out and working together Mm. to overcome all these obstacles. And I think that's very similar to what you're saying with your um, crab show. Oh, crab jokes. Oh,
1: crab show. Let's scroll back up for a Mm -hmm, moment. mm
0: -hmm. Um, Shark Tank, have you ever watched that? No. It's like a
1: uh, Dragon's Den. disappointingly it doesn't have any sharks in it as it has, i discovered well i has, actually yeah. thought it was going to be
0: a whole television show about sharks in a tank
1: well pe- maybe people going in a tank oh, that would be interesting that
0: wouldn't be too bad about some aquarium keeper type thing yeah but it mm. wasn't mm.
1: colbert sh- report
0: yep one outstanding um, variety show a writing for a variety show uh, I mean, very funny. Very, very funny.
1: Interesting, given that he, I'm not sure is it this year or last year he's finishing up to, to go and be late night.
0: Um, I think it's next year, yeah. yeah. That's ex- really exciting. Outstanding short form live action entertainment program Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis, the President Obama episode. Oh, That's that was, epic. That's if you haven't
1: seen that, peeps, Yeah, look it up online. It, it's amazing. I mean, all the
0: Between Two Ferns are amazing. They are. They're so, so funny. Um, which is also directed by Scott Ackerman of Comedy Bang Bang okay. a lot of people don't know that uh, what else do we got oh
1: scroll back up oh, sorry just, a this, that's not very good for uh, podcasting yeah. is it me telling you to oh, scroll oh look at this
0: here on the screen isn't that something uh,
1: <laughs> whose boobs are you looking at <laughs> um, outstanding informational series or special one of the winners is Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown big fan of uh, the board
0: and uh, Vice I don't know that Vice is an amazing um, news program, independent news program. Very edgy, very disturbing kind of stuff. Oh, it was a tie. Isn't that interesting? I didn't know they could have ties. Um, Let's skip through. Outstanding writing for nonfiction was Cosmos. That's pretty interesting. Mm. Outstanding cinematographer, single camera, true detective, which is nice.
1: I don't think uh, you'd get a lot of... uh
0: not a lot of Uh, argument argument
1: about that no
0: here's one that we're not going to be talking about today which was outstanding cinematographer for a miniseries or movie which was sherlock his last vow episode uh which was a good one that was uh at the wedding right yep uh very well done more
1: deadliest catch for outstanding cinematography and again Uh, i will uh i will second that
0: outstanding character voice over performance harry Shearer from the simpsons wow that's been a long time coming here's one that's near and dear to my heart outstanding special and visual effects
1: for game of thrones game of thrones
0: which is right however disappointing because i had some friends who were nominated for the other shows So it would have been nice to see them win again.
1: Um, There's a couple of uh, videos, I don't know if they're from the latest DVD from Game of Thrones, but floating around online of showing, doing a side-by-side of some of the visual Mm -hmm. effects, which are amazing, except the funny thing with some of them is um, when you see the sort of before and after... Like, the actors are still standing in front of a real freaking castle. <laughs> mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. So they're putting in background and, and We're doing We're making various... the castle bigger, adding yeah. more parts but to it. but it's them. funny when you see the before, it's still pretty freaking epic. Oh, sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, you could do it without the, the visuals in, in a lot of times. Um, here's a show we haven't reviewed. Outstanding special visual effects in a supporting role, Black Sails.
1: Mm. Have you seen that? I watched the first couple of episodes and it's mm-hmm. not. I think you did as well. Mm-hmm. We, I think I got
0: up to six or something. Oh, like okay. That. I didn't
1: get that far. So that was that was the English pirate show, and then we've had the more recent one with John Malkovich, which both you and I.
0: I'm making the. Oh. Yeah, we're making
1: the gagging face because it, it made the, it somehow. You Absolutely. put John Malkovich and Pirates and you make something boring, you should just go and kill yourself. Wow.
0: That's a bit Black
1: sails. I might go back to.
0: I, I, I might too. Well, we'll review it one day. And you'll have to go back to it. How about that? It might actually be on the list. It might be on it. Our... We have a massive list. list,
1: people. Do you realize, Ryan, that uh, we've, we've done nearly...
0: 14? <laughs> 20,
1: 20, this, this episode will be our 28 series we've reviewed.
0: Well, well, we had the reality show where we talked about a lot of different reality sure, shows. okay. So more, more. So really. more. We watch way too much TV, and we are not we're running low.
1: <laughs> no, we've got much more to do. Any other highlights now from the uh, technical Emmys? Prosthetics, Game of Thrones. Yes, that's not surprising.
0: Sound editing, Black Sails. Sound editing, miniseries Sherlock. Sound editing guest actress in a drama series now why, why can you tell me a technical is this is actress a bad word i said that to an actor a female actor on set the other day and yes. i said actress and her face kind of changed i was like oh shit did i say something um it's I, like, I is it call... like the n word for I would, actors no,
1: I, don't think it's called... I mean i would call everyone an actor i think the only place you ever see gender designation is in award shows
0: uh-huh.
1: i mean I would generally think female actor maybe use. I just think everyone's an actor. Mm-hmm.
0: Is it wrong to do a, a gender designation? I think it's, I thought it would be kind of nice, you know, a little, uh, little nice. I, I'm
1: not an actor,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: I'm not, probably not the person to ask. I right. would tend to use actor, but right.
0: Like if I was a podcaster and you're a podcastress, would yes. that bother you?
1: I don't see why there's a need to.
0: Well, because you're a woman. <laughs>
1: well then, I we could wouldn't be want people pod- to. I could be the. I think it's because it sets up the the male as the norm and the female as the deviation from that. So the word is podcaster, and then I get the variant. Whereas maybe I should be the podcaster, and you could be the podcast dicks or something.
0: Possible. Yeah, that'd be all right too. <laughs> be fine with that. Whatever. Uh, outstanding hairstyle. Downton Abbey.
1: Yeah, well, that's one we'll never be reviewing.
0: nabby you're not a fan.
1: Uh, look, I grew up with Upstairs Downstairs. Uh, I don't think I feel a need to return to a period mm-hmm. soap no. English drama. Um, no.
0: Nah. Art direction for contemporary or fantasy series, Game of Thrones. Isn't that funny? Oh, here you go. Uh, outstanding single picture editing for drama series, Breaking Bad Felina. Now, I wonder if that was... Um, uh, no,
1: it wasn't. What are you thinking? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was surprised that was the one they nominated, though, rather than Ozymandias.
0: Yeah, I wonder why that would be.
1: Because was Felina the first part of the um, first part of the finale? I can't remember now.
0: You know, it might have been. I'm just sort of pulling it up here. It was the 62nd episode of the series, the final episode. No, it oh, is the, the final, final episode, episode of the season.
1: Whereas Ozymandias, which was the third last episode, I think it was generally held to to be the outstanding.
0: Oh, it was. Okay. I was just trying to find out who the editor was uh, on this episode, but I'm just not able to see it in front of me right now. But um, really great editing. I'm surprised. Why would they offer the Emmy to the program, single picture editing from a drama series, but not say who the editor was? Shouldn't it be the editor that's winning this award rather than the show and the episode? To one, me, that seems particularly funny,
1: particularly in the t- unless there were multiple editors. Yeah. But usually, if it's a team effort, they name them.
0: Well, yeah, and there's two. Kelly Dixon is one of them, and she's uh, she she's won an Emmy before, actually, and she's got her um, ACE now, her accrediting editing uh, accreditations. Anyways, I was just wondering if that was her. Uh, I
1: think um, I certainly think editors are much underrated in the business. Yeah. I think they're. People don't realise what an integral part of the whole Absolutely. storytelling they are, yeah. um, and as, you know you're talking about sort of the, you know, there's the hierarchy obviously of who gets all the attention, right. which starts with the actors, yeah. um, and editors um, so often v- barely get a mention. Yeah. And seriously, they you know as you and I know they can be the the whole difference between. A good episode, and yeah. a bad episode, selling a joke, selling a dramatic moment, mm-hmm. or uh, changing
0: j- changing the story entirely. Yeah, and and we do we do that quite often. You know, you'll a script will go one one way, and the editor will say, "Well, hold on, now let's pull this out and do this and change this." You've now changed your whole story. Mm. Um, it's very important. It's mm. a very important part of the storytelling. Absolutely. Um, I I always wanted to be an editor, actually, but there's not a lot of editing jobs in town.
1: Is um, do they do uh, the directing um, Emmys? I presume a part of the main Emmy,
0: yes, yeah. Uh, outstanding picture editing again, deadliest catch that's very cool. Outstanding casting for a miniseries movie or special, Fargo. Wow, that's great, that's fantastic. They had a good cast, they really did. good cast. I mean,
1: um, everyone I talked to about Fargo, one of the first things they talk about was how. Mm. you know good the casting was uh probably the only point of dissension is around whether K- uh, key and peel worked in the that was dramas. my thing yeah. they
0: were a little bit too funny but not bad didn't ruin it that's for sure outstanding casting for drama series true detective that's pretty good casting yeah. I mean, even just beside the two main characters, all yeah. the other characters, pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. We're still he- hearing many, many rumors about who's going to be in the second season. Yeah. Um, I- I'm not sure when we're going to hear anything confirmed. I don't even. But we've heard just about half of Hollywood mentioned so yeah, far. Exactly.
0: <laughs> they also won for best opening titles. Yep. Which um, was good. Yeah. Um, outstanding casting for comedy Orange is the New Black.
1: I think that would, again, be without argument, although I find it... OK, I uh, for those of you who don't know, I run a, a, a wiki-based site and one of the things that, you know, I get obsessed with is categorising things and, and how that can change meaning. And the fact that Orange is the New Black is, you know, classed as a comedy series alongside something like The Big Bang Theory just is ridiculous. Right. I mean... Hmm. Not saying Orange is the New Black isn't funny, but it's also a lot more than that. And I think, you know, these artificial categories and the fact that drama can have, you know, it's one reason why a lot of, you know, sci-fi and fantasy gets excluded because they're different creatures. Um, But yeah, anyway.
0: Would you say that Fargo was a comedy? It had a lot of well, comedy. Well, it, it, it is. It's a
1: black comedy. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's it's. And it yeah. always
0: has been, even as a movie. Yes, right? yeah. yeah.
1: So I certainly... Have you watched it, the movie yet? No. Nope. <laughs> I might have to sit here and make you watch it this weekend. You're a very bad boy. Um, yeah, I'll go... Uh, and it will have been class. And, right. and, of course, we're seeing a lot more in award shows now with um, the formats such as True Detective mm-hmm. and Fargo. Are they miniseries? Are they series? Um, There's weird little rules about... Even we've seen it over the past few years, who gets classed as a guest actor rather Mm -hmm. than a supporting actor, Mm -hmm. and some of that's strategic to say, well, Mm -hmm. we'll put you up as a guest actor, not a supporting actor. And And that's
0: why Fargo went in as a miniseries and not so it didn't have to go up against True Detective. Yeah,
1: which went in as a drama
0: series. Which we see them winning back-to-back in different categories. Um,
1: But, you know, awards, what do they mean?
0: Nothing Absolutely unless win, nothing Unless
1: you win them <laughs> Yeah then they're pretty awesome Then they're, they're fantastic
0: Yeah.
1: So uh, two series we're going to talk about this week Ripper Street and Sleepy Hollow
0: Which one do you want to start with?
1: Let's start with Ripper Street
0: Evil men do as they please <laughs> Men who would be good
1: let's do as they are allowed each division is overwhelmed, sir. All respect for badge and uniform is lost. Twelve dead civilians murdered at his hand. He spoke of leading his followers from this world. These fanatics would have Whitechapel torn apart. I'm going to see you paid in land. My house is no longer my own. My life is no longer your own.
0: Bennett, I'm your friend. No, nothing
1: good comes from being around you.
0: What is the purpose of our work?
1: To protect, sir. For whom did the law protect today? River Street, season premiere. Saturday, February 22nd at 9. Only on BBC America.
0: Ripper Street is a drama that is from England, and it takes place back in the olden day times of (laughs) Victorian England, Whitechapel, right after Jack the Ripper. And essentially, you follow the police um, and the detectives in their investigation of murders. And this is literally right after Jack the Ripper is killed and left. So it's not really about him, although the investigations that they do in the murders, they try and see if it's pinned back to him, if maybe he might be somehow involved, and that really hangs over their heads uh, for quite quite a while. Is this the Ripper? Is it not the Ripper? Um, and this is sort of very early in the detective policing, sort of, it seems, the underdeveloped uh, forensics, uh, the sort well, of the even, burgeoning even, of I, forensics.
1: I suppose in uh, in the... In the evolution of what we see as the modern police force Mm -hmm. this is very much at at the genesis of of that sort of institution and organization and the idea that you have detectives even
0: yeah and how they do things and how they conduct their investigations and then having forensic pathology there um, with a doctor who's actually looking at the bodies and creating his own way of doing things interesting concept actually Mm. and and um How much of it did you watch?
1: I've watched all the first season.
0: I watched the first season. I watched some of the second season. I kind of lost interest. And I don't know if it was because it got bad or I just started watching other things, which (laughs) happens quite often. Um, It stars Matthew McFadden, who plays um, Detective Inspector Edmund Reed. He's our main detective that we follow. Um,
1: now Matthew, Matthew just for, for you know he, I know him mm-hmm. um, he's that person people often get confused with Clive Owen <laughs> um, and he was most notably in the first mm, three or four seasons of Spooks I don't know if you ever watched no. Spooks which was a um, MI5 or MI6 type show in the UK which I think it's finished now ran for nearly ten seasons wow. um, and he was the lead character in that and then before that here's a link into another show um, I first encountered him in a English mm, comedy slash soap called um, This Life, uh, which was sort of about a group of lawyers and friends who shared a house in London.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Also starring in that was Andrew Lincoln, mm-hmm. now Rick Grimes right. on The Walking Dead.
0: Interesting.
1: So um, I have I have a long relationship with with both it of them.
0: Yeah, we're pretty tight. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: we are, but Matthe I, I, I've always liked Matthew McFadden. He? He's
0: he's very good. I mean, he's very. Um, uh, I don't want to say good. he's very serious and very um, almost majestic or something in this role. He doesn't doesn't uh, allow fools to uh, trample on his investigations. He's a very I know, upright.
1: Uh, yeah. oh, oh, well, I was going to
0: say stiff upper Englishman. Well, also
1: a, a bit of an old fashioned hero. Given these days, we're very mired in the. Um, not anti hero is a word that gets overused a lot and often inaccurately, but we're we're flawed heroes and mm. heroes reluctant heroes, and' this is a, he's playing a character that's pretty straight down the line, of course he has challenges to his morals and all that as he goes along, but he's a pretty upstanding mm-hmm. wanting to do good and wanting to do his job well um and he's sort of the head of the head detective
0: right. Um beside him, his detective sergeant, is um, Jerome Flynn. Now, where will people know Jerome Flynn from?
1: From Game of Thrones. Right. He plays the absolutely wonderful Bronn, who you would know as, uh, if you're watching Game of Thrones, if you don't, you're an idiot. Uh, Tyrion's uh, swords, sword person.
0: swordsmith, so, Sword person. <laughs> well,
1: what is he? He's, hi- he's is a hired he's sword. Sort of a hi- the hired sword that uh, actually saved uh, Tyrion from getting thrown out of the... Um, uh eerie and um has stuck around and we last saw him teaching uh, jamie lannister one-handed sword fighting and right. that's not a euphemism no it could be though could be it could be though uh and he his character
0: <clears throat> his character uh, in this is the detective sergeant who um just helps with the investigation and, and, and that sort of thing uh, but he's
1: interesting because <clears throat> he brings up some of the class issues here and um uh, that's something that's undercut through the whole thing are the different mm, classes. Right. And and also the fact that he's an ex, ex-military, Matthew McFadden's character wasn't, and so there's different attitudes between those who were in the military, right. which would have been the Crimean War, and um, and those who weren't.
0: Huh. Okay, that seems like a lot of education. Where did that come from? <laughs> I didn't come here to fucking learn, Jules. <laughs>
1: You should. That's what you get when you have me live and in the flesh and uh, you can't hit the mute button.
0: The reason I watch TV is so I don't have to learn things, Jules.
1: <laughs> but I think that's one of the uh, one of the you know why why are we going to watch this? Oh, you want to talk about Adam Rothberg? Uh, no, think he's no, no, no. no. Hot. I, Go
0: on. Actually, I don't, I don't like him very much. <laughs> no offense to him, but I don't. Li- I'm not crazy about his character. He plays the American, cocky American. I don't think he is the American. I don't think so. Is he? Oh, he is. Hmm. I thought he was an Englishman yeah, doing just, an American...
1: You were just going to say he had a terrible American accent. I was going to say that. I was say that.
0: <laughs> well, he is from Jersey, so... Yeah. Well. <laughs> um, Adam Rothberg plays the doctor, the forensic pathologist, who's got a drug and alcohol problem and can't keep his shit together long enough to be respected in the industry. And actually, the forensic pathology that he's doing isn't very well respected as mm-hmm. well. People are... Um, Criticizing him for, you know, going after dead bodies or whatever he's doing. But um, those are sort of the three main characters. And then there's supporting characters around that. What did you think of this show?
1: Look, I was really attracted to the premise. Mm -hmm. Um, It's certainly a period of, of, as, as many people fascinated with, Crime and death. I have been through my Ripper phase, Okay. Um, and I do think, as someone who you know consumes a lot of crime, it's interesting to see uh, the stories we're very familiar with played out in a different environment. Um, another one that springs to mind. Sure, we haven't talked about. I don't know if you've watched as Bletchley Circle. No. So again, that looks at uh, particularly to do with how bringing information together. It's set just after the Second World War, mm-hmm. and how much harder it was when you couldn't just pull something up on the internet and you had to go to dusty archives right. or try and find right. hard paper files. And how looking for patterns in information, something that we you mm. know take for granted in modern crime right. shows, was right. was a, a lot more difficult, it held a lot more work. And know? so I think the appeal of this again is. Had you know, and and of what the reason why Sherlock still exists in many forms in this day and age is is really our fascination with mystery solving, Mm -hmm. and what's it like to solve it in a different environment.
0: I I think that's a great explanation. Um, With Ripper Street, it's because it's Victorian times. Um, that adds a whole nother level Mm, to what they're capable of doing. Like you're saying, you don't have the internet, you don't have these things. Um, But it also adds a beautiful look to it. And Mm. that's the one thing I loved about the show is how dark and dreary and and the visuals that they've done it are amazing. I mean, there's no doubt that you're in Victorian England when you watch it. Uh, they've done a really good job. It's really... rotty. You can yeah. you
1: can almost smell the shit and rotting yeah. fruit on the streets. Absolutely, this is not a uh, Disney version of Victorian England. Right. This is uh, a lot more. Uh, not having been to Victorian England myself, this is um, yeah. a lot more what I imagine it would be like. It's chaotic and it's you the police
0: know, force is corrupt. Oh, um, they're all owned things, by some, some Yeah, things some don't things never
1: change. Changed. But yeah, it it it's, uh, it takes you. It builds that world very well mm-hmm. at, at a time where think some things are changing, and you you get that sense of something being on the cusp of change as, as well. Um, and you've got you've got these people who've come back from war, you've got, as I said, you've got these different class tensions there as well. And, and of course, I, I liked the fact of it being in the aftermath of the Ripper murders because that's also had an impact on the force in that they failed to solve it. Right. So, you know, uh, and there's a quite a bit in here about the relationship between the police and the media, mm-hmm. which right, again, which is as it yeah. goes through to today so, yeah. you know, the media still you know, has had a, a great run with ripper stories and, mm-hmm. and um, condemning the police for failing to solve it, so they're always ready to pounce on another failure uh, and the police are just starting to, particularly Matthew McFadgen's character realise that, you know, they can use the media for their own ends but mm-hmm. they need to cultivate that sort of relationship and yeah. try and get
0: them on yeah. the side. Interesting. It's clever. Yeah. Isn't it? I never realized that. <laughs> <laughs> like, and
1: it looks at some of the evolving technologies. You know, there's an episode all around um, uh, movies. Yes. Uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Porno
0: movies, actually. Yeah. Adult movies. Yes. it's was hot. Uh,
1: oh, well, which was fascinating. What yeah. was a porn movie like in Ageing And Asian, how, Asian?
0: how dirty it was and how oh, yeah. like, edgy and gross and... Uh, from the gutter it would be shocking people were shocked and outraged Um, just Um, as they um, are
1: today yeah Uh, but that was that was fascinating so some of those again looking at how how we deal with new technologies or new or shifts in social mores but looking at it you know 150 years ago so I think those were all that was a really rich background for this story I think
0: why do we always keep coming back to Victorian times do you think I mean, it it seems to be the one place in history that we tend to visit over and over and over again. That's
1: true.
0: Um, Do you think it's just that burgeoning Industrial Revolution sort of factories? It it still harkens back to today, closely tied, whether you have carriages and maybe automobile sort of era. Yeah,
1: so, and so I suppose life then is relatable in some ways. I suppose it was also a really rich time of storytelling. And so
0: when you talk about media, do you think that's sort of why we hold on to Because we have those newspapers well, and those media stories. And, and, and
1: we have we have novels and, mm, you know, I mean, if you talk about the, the whole century, you've, you, you've got Dickens and you, you've got Sherlock Holmes. Right. So we've actually got people who were writing in the time giving us a bit of a... Giving us an insight that, obviously, the further you go back, the more imagination you Mm -hmm. use, and um, and, and that they can become. You know, I think. Yeah, it's about being being relatable, um, but different as well. I mean, I think the. Although we don't, I mean, I'm not sure what time Downton Abbey is. That around the turn of the century or the 20s.
0: I think it's early. Yeah, early 1900s. I mean that 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 period as well.
1: Um, but then, as you get closer, things, you know, I suppose the war, pre-war, well, post-war period as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you know we've we've seen with uh, Mad Men and a few series. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's just asked me to stretch because he needs to go for no, a walk. No, I'm going to get you
0: a glass of water. Oh,
1: he's going to get me a glass of water. Okay, I will
0: Lemon water.
1: I'll have lemon water, thank you. This is what happens when we're in the same room. He get I get him to wait on me.
0: No, only because uh, we're in the same room. You see me flipping no away. <laughs> Normally,
1: no. No, I can always I can always tell when you've <laughs> left the the mic. Um, I suppose one of my disappointments with the series is its failure to capitalize on on this world um, and also to. Mm-hmm give us a view of different parts i mean uh, for one women are basically wives and whores in this series and i think that's a failure to um you know give us a chance to look at the changing role of women because of course we're during the time of the the beginning of the suffragette movement um And, you know, we have women, you know, post-Crimean War, we've got women moving into things like, uh, you know, the whole role of nurses Mm -hmm. um, and women working in those different roles post-Industrial Revolution as well. Um, And I was disappointed that really, you know, there aren't any, you know, there, there are no major female characters uh, you know, we've got the the woman the who whore, runs the yeah. the brothel and a couple of the women who work right. there, but they're really window dressing. Yeah. They don't have arcs. They're not particularly. Um, There's uh, Matthew McFadden's wife who disappears at the end of the first season and really was just really sad for most of the first season. And I think that's, you know, even if it was a woman...
0: um, But then it takes something like Penny Dreadful where they have female characters, which is very... The shows are, are, I wouldn't say interchangeable, but similar.
1: Well, they were set in the same
0: milieu, but it's
1: the same time. One's
0: more fantastic than the other.
1: Yeah, but that, again it's a really good example to show that you can set something in that time and uh you know women did actually exist (laughs) and you could have them and and also you know a range of different sort of characters and that and i think it was i suppose i was a bit disappointed that Ripper street didn't take that opportunity Mm. and there are many roles they could have had you know women weren't just wives and whores in that time they could have had women who were yes a nurse or a business owner or I don't know. Someone working in the doing something in the police station, filing, whatever, (laughs) or or a uh,
0: you know, as you have. If that was, do you think that happened? Do you think there was? Well, I think I think
1: you've got to look at. Are you making a documentary, or I don't know if you know, or are you? If you're going to be
0: historically accurate, be historically accurate.
1: But are they? I mean, how much do we know that they're being historically accurate? If you look on the Wikipedia page, there is a list of sort of discrepancies of things they have of things that happened. you know, either later or earlier in history that um, uh, you know they've sort of played fast and, and with, loose with for storytelling purposes. Right. So, you know, maybe women weren't working in a police office but that doesn't mean you can't have one and it doesn't mean you can't have the many other roles women had being business owners or patrons or um, doing many of the other roles that women did. Um, you could have a woman who 's an amateur detective trying to solve a murder that they come across whatever mm-hmm. um you know hey you 're a writer, come up with something mm-hmm. um, What did you think of like the cases of the i mean because it 's really there's not a big uh, it's very much a case of the week mm-hmm. it's it's law and order victoriana
0: yeah and I think the the first season was definitely episodic. I thought in maybe in the second season they sort of got on a uh, one larger case. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm thinking back. I can't really recall if they did or not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I really liked it. I thought they were mm-hmm. interesting. The second season got a little bit boring with the cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they had the overarching. But they weren't as... I, I, you didn't get drawn into them as much as yeah. the, in the first season. And that was the key, is to get you involved in what happened. I mean, because... From perspective where we are, everyone in that show is dead anyways. Even if it was real, they'd all be dead for a hundred years. So you need to try to get sucked into whatever mystery mm-hmm. that is. And a lot of them weren't very mysterious. It was just like a dead body that was shot. And you're like, okay, well, I don't really care. Yeah. It wasn't like um, when you get into Penny Dreadful where they're eviscerated and hung up by their entrails or something. That's different. So not that I want more gore. I certainly no, no, don't. No. But the cases weren't super exciting and interesting,
1: and I think they could have perhaps played up more. Given it's called Ripper Street, uh, the, the wash-on effect of that case of not solving that case, right. and the fact that you know the ripper's still out there, and and the impact that that's that's had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, that I certainly by the end of the first season, I was like, well, well I also hadn't bonded enough to to the characters. Yes. They had turned out to be. Um, well, exactly. The characters—they set them up to be quite dour yeah. and
0: serious. Serious.
1: Yeah. I'm not particularly having a, a, an arc in any way. Mm-hmm. They didn't. None of them really changed a lot, mm-hmm. which is fine if you're doing a procedural. Mm-hmm. But then you proceed, you, your case of the week needs to be, needs to be really, exciting. really engaging. Yeah. Or. You know, there needs to be something about that. So I note that, uh, you know, certainly the ratings for the second season apparently dropped a lot and then it was cancelled mm-hmm. and has now been picked up by Amazon Prime. Interesting, isn't it? So and yet another TV show that uh, online broadcasting is uh, going to give another... Why not?
0: Yeah. I mean, if an online broadcast can pick it up and keep the same audience... Mm. That's worth it. That's worth every penny yeah. of it. I mean, they've already got the audience built. All the yes. hard parts has been done. The marketing, creating a name, and all that stuff's yeah. been done. You're just taking over and, and putting it out and,
1: there? And certainly for a, a, a more a broadcaster in its infancy like Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. uh, and I note they've just had their second year of pilots right. released. But interestingly, I think they picked up at least two, if not three, from their first pilot season that still haven't appeared as series. So they've been quite slow, and so I think. So
0: they'll just release them one at a time. Well, they, they haven't even. There, I
1: know Bosch, which was one I was really interested in, which is based on the Michael Connelly uh, novels that starred um, Titus Welliver. Okay. Um, now that got picked up. Now I believe it went into production sometime this going into production like now or sometime but that's that's like more a year since they did the pilot and picked it up so the Mm. other one was i think they picked up which i don't know why was the chris carter show the after which was appalling um so i'm not sure what's happening with their cycle because they've then just had the. but maybe what they need is a ripper street to give them a what do you, what do they call it in the business? A tent pole. A
0: tent pole, <laughs> yeah. A tent pole.
1: Sure. Uh, which will bring them audience, and uh, as you said, it's got a guaranteed audience, and maybe can kickstart them uh, and help bring some of these yeah. other series. I hope Bosch in particular, I think, is is probably got it, it. will get a big audience or get an audience if it can get out there because again, it's based on a really really successful series mm. of novels, right. um, and and the pilot I saw looked. And, and felt, you know, fantastic and right. really felt like uh, it reflected the novel. And, I, you know, wonderful for Titus Welliver to get a showcase. Yeah, that would be good for because him. Because he's always the
0: I the could see guy. him in something like this. Yeah, right? yeah. But then I think of that from Deadwood, when he was yes, in Deadwood. Yeah. I, think like um,
1: I didn't, I don't know if you watched, there was an American show, not dissimilar, called Copper, which was set in New York. It was York. actually
0: a Canadian show.
1: Oh, pardon moi.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the first couple episodes, like, I couldn't get into right. it. Right.
1: And, and that was set either the beginning of the beginning of the century, was it? Was it 20s or a bit earlier? Um, I th-
0: I think it was maybe just burgeoning on on the early 1900s. Or sorry, the early, early 20th century. Yeah, let's find out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's actually going for... Oh no, it's finished. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was just going to say. <laughs> that would be weird. Yes, no, I thought... But uh, again, it was a BBC it... American drama. I think it was shot in Canada for some reason. Okay. It certainly sounded like everyone was from Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> but Doesn't that was say. again
1: set in the early days of the New yeah. York police force so yeah. um but I, I remember that it, it had it came about with big fanfare and uh, disappeared very quickly interestingly um Cl- oh, sorry
0: it was a, it was an American but it was filmed in Toronto sorry. Oh, okay.
1: um I mentioned Matthew McFadgen being mistaken for Clive Owen very often and right. he's now starring in the Nick which is uh, a hospital drama set at the turn of the century, which oh. is getting a bit of buzz. Oh. Uh, it directed and written by Steven Soderbergh.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Uh,
1: which I'm sure we'll be reviewing soon because we will have to. <laughs> so from one
0: cop show to a hospital show.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's a different person though. It's Clive Owen. In, oh, it is Clive Owen. It is actually Clive oh, okay. Owen in the, um, in, in the nick. Uh, but again, as you said, returning to that sort of Victorian yeah. time. And I think interestingly because it is the where the genesis of a lot of modern whatever, right. medicine, detective work, whatever, yeah. began. Right. So to go back and look. I think the the danger, and I think they skirted it a little bit in um, uh, Ripper Street, is is to impose the modern way we do things. So particularly the sort of forensic pathology mm-hmm. stuff, that's very much felt like a bit... Let's pretend this is what CSI was like in the Victorian era. Mm-hmm. Part of me wonders whether, you know, mm-hmm. that was how it was, or mm-hmm. whether they're sort of retrofishing mm-hmm. our version of forensic pathology onto those Possibly. times. I
0: mean, it, it, it definitely started in those times. Yes, but right, I, and they were doing the creepy things with bodies in those times. Yes, I mean, Frankenstein's taught us anything,
1: <laughs> and his which monster.
0: Was a, is fact. Yes. Dr. Frankenstein is fact.
1: Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, But yes, sometimes I. And again, it's a bit like the rest of the show. I think uh, the best these shows do is when they actually start from the sensibility of the times rather than retrofitting our own attitudes. And I think that's what we've seen with Mad Men, uh, that they do quite well about getting into the psyche of the time, Mm. not
0: Mm -hmm. into. Not saying it with the quote-unquote vernacular of no, our, so of our time. No, so you could have done mad,
1: mad men, you know, retro, fitting our own attitudes mm-hmm. and that to mm-hmm. to those people in that time. Right, so
0: having somebody have a racist attitude and everyone is all affronted and yeah, that's the big yes. deal of the week, opposed to everyone has this sort of racist attitude and it's just generally accepted.
1: Exactly, and gotcha. I think, yeah... Uh, so, yeah, I, I also... Got... I thought
0: they did a decent job on Ripper Street of staying away from that. Yeah. I mean, it, it really does feel period.
1: Oh, no, it does. It does. and I... I, As you say, I think the look did a lot to that. And, um, yeah, it's a it's a rich time for them to look at. They did look at various sorts of racism and religious prejudice. Right.
0: Um, you talked about not having enough strong, strong female leads. Here's an example, which is a show we talked about before, was Black Sails. Yes. Where they have the ass-kicking, beautiful gang leader, or whatever she was. Well, that, to me, is using our sensibilities of this time and forcing them back on that time.
1: There were female pirates, though.
0: Yeah, but were there they were. beautiful, drop-dead, gorgeous, uh, blonde waifs? I'm thinking they were not.
1: Well, you know... You can I'm back.
0: thinking they were not, madam.
1: <laughs> well, then again, they all had syphilis and no teeth. The male true. characters <laughs> don't all have syphilis and no teeth. No, I think you can...
0: They don't have the shiny white you, teeth like in Black Sails? Uh, oh, that really bugged me. Okay, we're not talking about Black Sails.
1: Okay, <laughs> all Game of Thrones. I mean, Game seriously. <laughs> um, let's move on to our next show, which again uh, takes... does across time periods. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh he <laughs> <certainly> does.
1: <laughs> Tell us about Sleepy Hollow, Ryan. Or would you...
0: Sleepy Hollow. Who are you? My name is Ichabod Crane.
1: 250
0: years George Washington didn't wake you Why isn't that man locked up in a straitjacket? I
1: saw something that might help us.
0: This speaks of two witnesses brought together to defend humanity.
1: This is crazy.
0: Which makes it no less real. Perhaps you were pulled to something, Abby. Perhaps we both were. Don't miss the epic series premiere of Sleepy Hollow this Monday at 9 8 Central on Fox. Is a... American uh, show that is on the television. <laughs> And it takes the old tale of Sleepy Hollow, Ichabod Crane, and puts a real spin on it um, to modern times. So in Sleepy Hollow, we have Ichabod Crane, our hero, um, waking up in modern day, and he's being pursued by the Headless Horseman. And they are in modern day Sleepy Hollow, which is a suburb of New York. It's upstate
1: New York somewhere.
0: somewhere. And um, he teams up with the local police Detective named Abby Mills, and they fight this headless horseman creature and all the wizardry and magic that comes along with this. It's an interesting show because they've put a different spin on the story entirely. Um, Ichabod's no longer a wimpy schoolteacher, he's now uh, ex military, defected from the English side to fight for the Yankees, and um, has sort of intertwined with all those. Personalities are all those fables from back in the day. Yeah. So if it's George Washington or um, the... Uh, um, Thomas... Uh, no, not, not Thomas, Thomas Edison. Edison. <laughs> Thomas. Thomas Jefferson?
1: Thomas Jefferson. Oh, I don't know. These Americans all sound yeah. the same. And based, of course, most people will know The um, Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which was a 1820 short story by Washington Irving. A lot of people will know it. there's quite a famous Disney movie... Um, Of it, that's certainly where I know it from. I don't know, American kids might read it at school or something. Probably not. They read it at school. I don't think so. Not that I know of. They probably watch the Disney movie though. Yeah. Um, On YouTube. Or the the Muppets Go to Sleepy Hollow or something. Muppets still around? Yes, they are. Um, Mm -hmm. This was this uh, previewed, uh, premiered on Fox last year, and uh, I, I know I wasn't alone when I looked at the premise and thought. Fuck that sound of shit, mm-hmm. uh, and it could
0: very well have been. <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, guy comes to modern day times from eighteen twenty, and they've got to stop the apocalypse. And I've don't I haven't heard of anyone in it this show except Orlando Jones, and he's a comedian. And why is he playing a police detective? This is this is going to be cancelled in five minutes, and it turned out to be one of the surprise hits of the year, mm-hmm. Fox. Um, didn't even cancel it no uh hugely successful for them uh why do you think it was so successful given uh, it's got such a whacked out premise.
0: yeah i mean it's really well written they've 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 got these excuses on on why things happen down pat and it's filmed gorgeously i mean it really is beautiful dark moody um they really use upstate new york to its fullest potential and it looks it looks amazing. Um, and the characters are believable. Tom, is this Misson or Mison? Yeah, miss, Misson. 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 Uh, plays Ichabod Crane. And, uh, he's very charming and lovable and funny. And, uh, he has motivation and his character has concern. And, um, Nicole Berry, is that her last name? I think. Bahari? I think that, yes. Plays Lieutenant Abby Mills, who, I mean, is a great character. I mean, and I think they, a, they
1: lucked out both I with the so. writing and yeah. the casting. You've yeah. got two lead characters. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you just think, God, you know, they had have chosen the next person in line. Tom Misson is, you know, he, they've both got great comedic timing. Right. The characters aren't played primarily for comedy um he does there's a, a lot of
0: comedy, yes. there's a lot of
1: comedy there's a lot of comedy here of course they're doing the fish out of water thing with him although they don't overplay that right. there's usually you know one thing an episode where right. he discovers you know the gps in the car talking right. to him or something uh but they don't overplay him you know dealing with the modern world right. uh, she's got a very dry sense of humor mm-hmm. and the
0: you know. They... She's the Larry Appleton to his Belky Bartokomus.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I was try, trying to think of a way to describe it, but that is exactly right. Um,
0: and everyone born past 1990
1: said, I no idea what we're <laughs> talking about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very much that situation. Yeah. Um, although he's um, a bit smarter and quite a lot right. hotter. Right. Same <laughs> hair though. So, same hair. Um, and they, they find a reason because he does look good in period clothes. Uh, mm-hmm. To keep him in period clothes. Right. Which is it,
0: kind of, I don't know, you like?
1: Oh, look, I think you, you're, look, with a show this whacked out, you're allowed to have some sort of conceits. And and, and that one is one mm-hmm. that bothers me, doesn't bother me a lot. Right. And there's a hilarious sequence where Abby's trying to get him to dress in normal, modern-day clothes, and he is appalled at the idea of skinny jeans. Right. <laughs> And basically finds a renaissance fair or a, a reenacting troupe mm-hmm. that he yeah. can get some more revolutionary period right. clothes from. Right. But um, the two of them, you know, look, as with a lot of these shows, they, you know, rise or fall on the lead characters. And mm-hmm. um, there's just something about these two that mm-hmm. works.
0: Oh, yeah. They you know, great they're chemistry. the
1: odd couple. They're a, it's a buddy cop mm-hmm. genre mm-hmm. type show in a way. And they work so well.
0: They haven't set up any sexual tension between the two, I In don't fact, think. they've
1: set it up, I think, to explicitly rule that out in that they've both got partners or she's had partners on and off and he's got a a, oh, okay. a wife trapped in or dead or whatever. Ugh, don't no get spoilers. into that. <laughs> That's
0: the whole season one. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: season one plot right. is about his wife. Um, and I think, yeah, so I think they've deliberately set that up in that they're both... Uh, they're both sexual people, mm. and but and there's a couple of episodes, particularly towards the end of season one, where their closeness and intimacy and and love, if you like, for each other is explicit, but in a totally unsexual way. And mm-hmm. I really like that. Yes, I think I that do too. that novel idea that you can have, you know, two characters who don't have to have particularly. Yes two heterosexual yeah. you know canonically heterosexual characters yeah. who are not attracted to each other right. and that but they can still have an emotional intimacy yeah. Yeah. um and i think they've played that really well and to me that makes the show a lot more interesting than mm-hmm. us having I to too, yeah you know yeah. as a survivor of as we discussed moonlighting and right. the x-files i <laughs> right. don't i don't need that again and i think not it's, that i
0: think x-files i don't think that they were Romantic were they? They were
1: in the end. Oh, were yeah. They? Yeah. Did they get together? Well, you didn't even. Yeah, you didn't do what
0: about we think of the end of the killing? We didn't even talk about that. Oh,
1: we might have to that end. Was on, weird too. We might have to end on that. Um, Orlando Jones, as I mentioned, strangely plays the police detective in this. Who? It's not uh, funny at
0: all. He's
1: not funny <laughs> at all. Um, we, which I, I struggle a bit with because he is so great being right. funny. Yes. Uh, his role did develop towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I think they probably realised a bit more what, what gold they right. had in him. Well, he
0: started tweeting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but even on the show, they gave his character more to do than, right. you know, at the beginning of the season, he was basically the reason that they could go on these wild adventures because he knows what's going on.
0: Right. And yes. So he allows it. He allows mm-hmm.
1: it. Um what do you think of all the mythology in the show? I
0: think it's 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 neat. You know, they take Revolutionary War times and they put they put a spin on it of uh, adding magic. So you have the Masons and the witches, witch covens, and
1: you uh, have the Illuminati. The Illuminati, you have, the, you have everything.
0: Death eaters or whatever they're Ugh. called. Soul you've soul leaders or got something. Got yeah. You've got um, so that I think is really good. And I think they do a good job. And they take the liberties with it, and they don't. Make it the de facto standard. You know, and that's something that I like about Supernatural as well. That one's yours, that one's mine. Um, is, you know, I don't want your girl germs. And <laughs> Supernatural and this, they take stuff and then they turn it on its head yes. and they make it more so interesting. I, I and, twist on the they tend to use what they need from it and yeah. get rid of the, the uh, other stuff. Uh, but they do a great job. The costumes in this are beautiful. The period yes. pieces, Headless Horsemen, scary as hell. Yeah. <laughs> And he looks so cool yeah. with the big battle axe on the yeah, horse. He's riding through a forest yeah. uh, on
1: that horse. Yeah. I, I have to say, uh, I think the special effects and the visual effects on it are fantastic. Mm.
0: Yep. Ish. Yep.
1: Not as good as Supernatural, obviously. Um, <laughs> some of the visual images, like some... Do you remember the Sandman that they had? Yes, that was Like the cool. actual mm. uh, concept design right. were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I think there's some really strong imagery. They throw mythology at each episode right. like they've got an infinite bucket of it yes they
0: which sh- is kind of scary because they don't have an infinite bucket when, so when does that run out
1: it's a pretty deep bucket okay um but that's part of i think part of its charm is that it's not uh, the, the overarching mythology which is laid down at the beginning that these two main characters are you know chosen by destiny to be the witnesses who are going to stop the apocalypse from mm-hmm. the headless horseman, etc mm-hmm. who um, and the Horseman of the Apocalypse—that uh, that's the overriding arc for the season. But each episode has, you know, a Monster of the Week type okay. type feel to it. But they they churn through the mythology at a, mm-hmm. a rate of not sometimes, you know, a couple of different stories in the one episode. Yeah. And that's sort of part of the fun. It makes it feel like a romp. It makes it feel like they're not uh, chaining themselves down with a, a one set of mythology that they're going to work with they uh, mm-hmm. I think it gives it part of the fun feel it's like oh let's put the you know masons and a witch coven together and let's mm-hmm. do this and
0: yeah that's true uh, that is uh, it's exciting I yes. just worry that they're gonna burn out
1: well you know yes we've had the first season was 13 episodes yeah. I think they've got 18 in the second season um you know so we'll have to see how it goes I don't
0: know if they'll keep me for 18. You know, in fact, I, mm-hmm. I, I petered out on this one on around 6. Okay. I didn't come back to it until we were going to review it. And I'm glad I did. Like, I, I did enjoy it, but I did lose interest. Okay. Um, so, I, I hope that they can keep it for 18, but to me, 6 or 8 would be probably okay.
1: Look at it, I suppose, this a... Obviously, we've uh, established the fact that you and I do watch a lot of television. Right, maybe that's the reason. As as I (laughs) often say to people, you know, that might be a really good show, but my dance card is full. Um, And sometimes, you know, I think we're probably possibly on the extremes of the bell curve Mm -hmm. in terms of having other competing things for our attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, This would be certainly up there. I find it um, fun. There's lots of good, you know, there's really good humor yeah, in it yeah. um, some of the scares are scary mm-hmm.
0: uh, the characters are interesting like i think Abby Mills is an interesting character yeah and
1: they brought in her so her sister yeah. comes in through it uh, it is quite notable as a series it's not only got a number of female characters but c- characters of color i think in the in the series finale at one point there are you know five black actors on screen and none of them die which, really <laughs> yeah.
0: wow and they're not African slaves no
1: wow <laughs> so well, you have uh, Orlando's character and his wife and child and right. Abby and Jennifer oh wow yeah okay. uh, and, and then Tom Misson as, right uh, so who's, I mean, blood,
0: who's you know African and a soul he's
1: got <laughs> I'm not going yeah, there he's that. a soul man <laughs> but that's you know again that's that's extraordinary, even these days on television. Yeah, and no, the that fact is true. That the, yeah, I
0: never noticed
1: that. Uh, female characters, again, uh, you know, Abby Mills is a competent, you know, detective. At the same time, you know, she's, they're playing against some of those as, um, what was I talking about recently? The Strain, where the lead character on that is such a cookie cut out mm-hmm. of the you know, the driven detective type Mm -hmm. person, whereas, you know, she's more complex than that. She has her vulnerabilities which don't make her any less of a fantastic detective and, you know, a kick-ass person, their issues with their sister and her, you know, her background. In some ways she's, you know, the most fleshed-out character of all of them. I mean, even we found out a lot more about Ichabod's background, but not so much about his character, but that's part of him. He's Mm -hmm. a very buttoned-down... Mm -hmm. you know, uptight person. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does some interesting things I think uh, and because of that casting with and the going back in time looking at slavery and and his attitudes towards you know, people of colour and and other characters and how Abby deals with that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how they deal with that when they go back to olden day times um, because they have to confront that you know. Uh, It has
0: to be talked about. yeah. Yeah
1: and I think I think you could talk for a long time about, you know, the bits, whether they could have done better with that or whether there's more to explore or whatever. But I think I commend them for at least going there. Uh, They could have just not had any black people in the past. Mm -hmm. would have been the easiest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So they've at least addressed that or owned it to some extent.
0: Right.
1: So it's a lot of fun. I would recommend it.
0: I, I enjoyed it as well. Um, if you had to pick between Rick, Ripper Street and this, you would go this. I easily
1: pick this. Easily pick this. It's
0: certainly more exciting.
1: It's also, I think, one thing Ripper Street lacks is any sense of humor. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Or lighter moments. I mean, there was a little bit they tried with uh, Jerome and his dating Rose, the mm-hmm. the sex worker from the brothel, but mm-hmm. that was very low level humor. Oh, he's. You know, the rough guy and he's trying to woo a lady. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I have to say, I need, even if it's absurd or it's, you know, even true detective had humor in it. Mm -hmm. Could be, might be very black. Yeah. um, But, I need some, some, I need humor. Some laps, yeah. and And I need to, I think Ripper Street probably maybe took itself a bit too maybe seriously. Maybe with the doctor,
0: there was some jokes through him, with him and his thing, but yeah, nothing, yeah, no, nothing great. I don't nothing think, like this. This is, that's a really genuine I don't think, really Ripper, I don't think
1: Ripper Street has any humor in its soul. Right. <laughs> I think anything that happens is sort of uh, accidental or someone in the writer's room chucked in a joke gotcha. and got left in.
0: But this was, uh, Sleepy Hollow was quite funny. I mean, every episode. I mean, uh, Ichabod phoning and leaving um, missives on voicemail as full handwritten type letters. Yes. Dearest Abby, I hope yes. this message finds you well. Yes. It is not without this and then at the end, yours sincerely, and th- signs off on his uh, voicemails. Yes. Hilarious. The, the, and I, as I said,
1: I think they do those touches without overdoing yes, them. Yes, yes. Like he's not continually marveling at, you know, the moderns of right. the... the um,
0: running water and things like this. Yes. Yeah. And he plays an intelligent person. I mean, he was a professor, was he? or What was his actual occupation? He was in the well, that was army. In the,
1: he was in the army. That his cover was that he was a professor at Oxford. I don't think that was. Okay. I think he's just really, really smart. He's very smart, yeah. Um, and that's nice. It's nice to have intelligent characters who respect each other's intelligence. And who can still
0: be a fish out of water, but intelligently.
1: Yeah, and I think that's another thing that works well, is that there's actually not... A stupid character in this you know they could play they could have played Orlando Jones's character as the police chief who's oblivious to everything that's going on mm-hmm. and is a bit of a buffoon right. or something but they don't they actually have him in on what's happening um
0: was like, there ever a time when he's in his office and he screams Ichabod <laughs>
1: No, but there should be. There should be. I <laughs> uh, should mention uh, Sporadic Appearances by John Cho.
0: Who I think is awesome. Oh, look, John. I love John Cho. Yes,
1: we're, we're Team Cho here, and I right. think Team John Cho what should What did be.
0: I say last time? Who's There'd be an, an awesome competition between who's cooler, Joshua Jackson or John Cho. If you just put them in a room and just film them standing there, who's <sighs> cooler? Hard to say.
1: And they should both be in a show together. because That'd be that would pretty be, good show. That would be an amazing show. John Cho is true. Detective ooh. too oh that would yes, be interesting casting mm. john choi feel, has been so they haven't no one's quite found the role for him he's been sort of second banana on mm-hmm. a few few shows and he is in an upcoming show with karen gillan from doctor who called self selfies yeah I wonder. which looks appalling
0: yeah um looks nice like it the shots that it's yeah. like wow this is filmed really nice for a crappy comedy but i'm sure it it looks like a crappy
1: comedy okay could be surprised
0: um uh, yeah i could be surprised but
1: possibly not
0: you could also be surprised if you watched uh, modern family have you ever seen that yes oh have you i've never seen it (laughs) haven't you is it terrible
1: Oh, I get terribly right. conflicted about Modern Family. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's not talk about gotcha. that. Let's finish by talking about The Killing because it has been a show we've uh, reviewed previously and yeah. it dropped. Uh, we talked a bit for those uh, who are, <laughs> who tuned out during our long talk about The Killing, uh, uh, cancelled every season, mm-hmm. had three seasons on, on the tally yeah. and then got picked up by Netflix uh, for a final uh, six, Eight, six, six, six eight, or eight episodes. Six yep. episode, I think, run on Netflix, yep. which dropped at the beginning of the month, and we got to return again to Seattle and uh, Lyndon and Holder. And what did you think of this? I would say the last season of The Killing.
0: Um, I liked it a lot. I really liked it. I liked the case. I liked the investigation. I liked um, um the actors in it. I thought it was great. Lyndon and Holder were awesome. Um, although, I mean, there's so depressing.
1: And we should say, uh, without spoiling anything, at the end of uh, season three, uh, the two main characters, the two detectives, had been involved in something, uh, which they have to cover up. And so a lot of this this season is them dealing with the aftermath, right. with the guilt, right. with the fear of discovery of that. And I really liked that because yeah. emotionally, that that adds tension between mm-hmm. them and, and and plays really well. But it, it takes them into an even darker place. Mm-hmm. They, they've never... You know, in fact, Holder, you know, Joel Kinnaman's character, he was a lot happier when he started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he
0: was. Um, yeah. And, well, he was, and, getting, high he was getting high a lot back then. He was getting
1: high a lot back then, but he was in a lot better place than he ended up yeah. in. And Lyndon, he, well, she was about to go off and get married. Right. and she Yeah, and it,
0: she was it, literally on her way out the door to Even get though married.
1: she was probably uh, under the surface no happier. Right. They've both... Thought of being dragged into an even unhappier mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this season is set around a, a, the murder of a family and the, and the surviving child who's in a uh, military style academy, mm-hmm. private boys' school, mm-hmm. yeah. headed by the absolutely exquisitely wonderful Joan Allen, you who like I watch watching her. everything. Right. Yes, yes. Uh, no, not a Joan Allen fan. Or...
0: She was fine. She was fine. She was good. I would say good. Yeah, okay. I'm, I mean, um, Lyndon M- Merrill played, I mean, amazing. Yeah. I mean, she's really amazing. Yes. That character is just... Like, when you compare her to, like, an Abby Mills... Yeah. You talk about fleshed-out character. Yeah. I mean, Lyndon is a very fleshed-out character. Yes. And raw. Raw is anything. Yes. Um, and,
1: I, look, I would love... I would. It love would have been just... nice
0: to see Joan Allen's character have a little bit more depth and gravitas.
1: Sure. And, look, I would... Criticise the case this time for feeling a little bit law and order. Um, I have seen that trope played out mm. a, a bit, but okay. I think they I, I think they did it well, and mm-hmm. there were some twists mm-hmm. in, in there that worked well. But for mm-hmm. me, the main point of the season was Holder and Linden dealing with their guilt and right. and how do they move on from having done something that you know really could not only in their careers, but right. you know, yeah. change their lives. And how do they pick up? He's, of course, in a relationship with the DA, who's uh, the DA or prosecuting attorney. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, something like ju- that. I
0: don't, I don't Dual know. state.
1: Yes, American law legal system. You would think after 40 years of law and order, I'd know a bit more. ADA. ADA. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah, yeah she's a lawyer type person. Yeah. Um, who you know? So how how their relationship plays again? You know, can he move on with right. that? Uh, you have can a, he
0: keep a secret from her? Can exactly, he, and because he needs to keep it from her, because she <laughs> yeah. would be the one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Lyndon, of course, uh, her son, who's been living with his father, um, comes back to stay, and there's, and there's grown, <laughs> and, and he's suddenly but... like, "Hello." low? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen even more than that. But there's yeah. a nice story there about. Um, his concern for her and, and, and how other people see her. Right. Uh, which I love getting that outsider perspective mm-hmm. on, you know, mm-hmm. we, we care about you, but you're fucked. Yes. Uh, even her kid knows that. Yeah, so. even her kid knows that and cares about that. And there's a bit of a subterfuge set up to sort of right. try and help her. And I suppose the, con, the connection between her and, and Holder has always been, you know, he's got a past of, um, um, and person of drug addiction her addiction in a way has been her work mm-hmm. and the fact that that will override anything else happening in her life yes. even though she keeps telling people it won't right. and you know it works the same as drug addiction does and then it ruins relationships for her mm-hmm. you know she gave up her wedding to Callum Ready I think that's who it was, was. <laughs> that's right yeah that was a long time ago that was a long time ago um but it had all the things that we love about right. uh, the killing in it. It had a lot of rain.
0: <laughs> had a lot of... Uh, not That's as fun. much as usual, but uh, still quite a lot. Like the Rosie Larson case had a lot of rain. Yes, Holy less, shit. less. Whew, um, This had... You think it's one guy, and then it, you turn out not to be. And you start following these leads where you're like, oh... It had a couple of dumb things, I thought, where Lyndon would just show up and spout all her evidence to the, the yeah. perp and then say, I'm coming back with a warrant. Like, yeah. Why would you do that? Yes. It's getting a little bit emotional, the emotional woman card. Yes, almost. and
1: also I, I, they felt that there was a bit that they'd, and some exposition dumps and that, that it felt like uh, they were squishing in because they had six episodes. And, yes, absolutely. Or... Yeah.
0: I didn't think it was overt. No, no, it was certainly no worse
1: than than most... That's why I used the law and order. It felt like that in some ways, that they skipped over some of the process that in previous seasons of the killing we got a bit more of, although I think both you and I commented that the last season three also had some moments of both dumb stuff and and skipping over uh, things that needed to be spelt out a bit more to... Draw like the one
0: where Lyndon shows up with a picture of somebody and i i tweeted this and uh yeah, presents on it this. to the guy and 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 she's like who is this and the guy's like i'm like wait who is that where did yeah, she run. get that picture i don't understand that yes
1: dear listeners ryan's texting me guy who's this girl with the picture yeah. the picture where did that come where in? did that come from
0: <laughs> i didn't uh i didn't i missed that part and all of a sudden there was another character and i don't know where they came from but...
1: Now, what did you think again? With we'll try and do this without spoiling. Um, there's an ending, and then there's an epilogue. Yeah. Uh, what did you think? Unnecessary, about that? weird. Oh. I
0: don't even understand what I was supposed to be feeling there. Uh, it was very tacked on and very. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was.
1: It had a perfect ending, which when when it happened, I felt like. Wow, that's that works for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's very, in keeping with a noir show, it was unresolved in, in many ways, but it was a logical place mm-hmm. for them to end and, and, and a good character place for them to end and tonally right and mm-hmm. all that. And then they tacked on this epilogue. That it was
0: long. It was like 15 that, minutes or Yeah, something.
1: that actually...
0: Eight years later? Six years later? Yeah, something. Well, his kid was going to school, and yeah. she was only pregnant when they left. Yeah, so it was so like it at was least like, eight yeah. years.
1: And even if you liked what it gave you, which I didn't, mm-hmm. it was poorly written and and and... Had no emotional resonance other than getting some sort of happy ending.
0: Basically, yeah, and the characters seemed exactly the same as when we left them. That's why. So I've they hadn't changed. What was the point of showing us eight years later if they're playing well, the exact same people?
1: Precisely, there was no sense of them other than them being situationally different mm-hmm. as you say there was no sense of them being emotionally different mm-hmm. or changed or even had a, had a haircut mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it, or gray hair or it anything really felt or yes or wearing a different sweater mm-hmm. uh really felt like someone said no 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 we need yeah. cheesy epilogue and that was sad to put
0: a, to put a button on the whole series why yeah, you I did. mean, you never know. You could come back again.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> and I just felt maybe they don't
0: want to. I don't know, but
1: well, I suppose they could. Well, yeah.
0: But it's not like they killed anyone off or anything. No. So,
1: and I just felt so. the the actual ending was it left me in a place that was in keeping with yeah. the whole and series.
0: satisfying, and everything was fine.
1: Well, satisfying slash dissatisfying, but I was. Happy with being dissatisfied because that's a noir show, that's the killing, and I didn't want things wrapped up with a bow because that's not what the series has been about. Um, And the final season had been this whole struggle of how do you move on from this? I didn't need, and they still didn't tell you how they did, they just said, oh, they have. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked being left in that place of thinking, how is she going to move on? How Mm. is she going to live her life? Is she... You know, what's her relationship with her son going to be? How's Holder going to deal with being a father and and his relationship with someone who's, uh, you know, a lot more straight down the line than than he is? And that was the place I wanted to be in. So boo to whoever made that decision on the epilogue. If you haven't watched The Killing at all, it's all on Netflix now, all Mm -hmm. four seasons, I'd recommend it. Go and watch it. There's Absolutely. a lot of damn good telly, a lot of damn good writing, mm-hmm. and a lot of damn good acting.
0: Yeah, you're, you're going to definitely come away with uh, an appreciation for rain. I hope. <laughs> and also, <laughs> that's, that...
1: that's only because you made some of that rain, I didn't di-
0: you? We did, yeah. It was a pain. Um, <laughs> the rain was a pain. And also, if you want to watch the first show that we talked about, Ripper Street, I believe is on Netflix yes, as well. Um, and Certainly then the, the first new season, season will be on Amazon Prime yes don't and know how that's going to work they may pull it off Netflix I don't yeah. know I don't know they might right
1: you would think so you would think Amazon would have its back series on its own broadcast yeah
0: I would think so yeah so
1: watch it on uh, if it's still on Netflix I haven't checked recently mm-hmm.
0: the two seasons are anyways and uh, Sleepy Hollow I don't, is it on Netflix yes. might be depending on your country I guess
1: Oh, there are ways to get around that. But, uh, yeah, Sleepy Hollow will be back in the fall. They're fil- filming at the moment. Oh, I said fall, just mm-hmm. like a North American person.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Upt- the autumnal up- uh, schedule?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, and what are we going to be broadcasting about, podcasting about well, next week, right? Well, next Ryan? week
0: we will be doing a very special podcast. A very special podcast. We will be talking about... Some doctor show is it Doctor McAnother or... another
1: medical drama,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> doctor, who was it? Uh... Yes, we're going to be we're going to be oh, podcasting <laughs>
1: about the premiere of season eight of New Who, as as those oldies of us call it, uh, starring uh, the new Doctor Peter Capaldi. He- hearing absolutely wonderful things about I heard his this. name
0: is Capaldi, apparently from Nerdist. Capaldi. Capaldi. Okay, you're
1: going to take the opinion of some.
0: He asked him directly. He said, "How do you say your name?" He says, "Capaldi." It was well, on he the, said he didn't episode, say it the latest like that episode. The latest, latest episode. Because he's got Capaldi. a Scottish accent. Hey, yeah, right. It's Capaldi
1: then. Oh, oh. that's that not a good? Scottish accent. We've established Isn't neither that, Ryan. I've been to or...
0: Scotland. That's how they talk.
1: Neither Ryan nor I can it's exactly do accent. It's worth a shit. Um, but Peter C uh, will be. He'll have a Scottish accent as a doctor, which uh-huh. is very exciting. Um, it will be interesting because Ryan, uh, not a long time fan.
0: Not a fan at all. <laughs> so, Zero fanness.
1: So we hope you will come with a fresh and open mind to this. Otherwise, right. I will just cut you off because there will be no dissing on my doctor.
0: There will be. And can I ask you, will we also be doing Supernatural?
1: Maybe. We'll have do to you want to? Oh, we might go to Twitter and ask for some feedback on that. Okay.
0: If you want us to do Supernatural and who. Let us know. If you want it just to be an hour of who, let us know. It might happen. So, who hour, tag who hour, or SPN, hour. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to work out well.
1: Um, yes, so we'll we'll be recording that in front of a live audience, or a drunk audience, or possibly a drunk live audience. and
0: They may be so drunk that they've passed out, and they will not be live they might just be very quiet
1: that's that's true uh so i've been jules again talking about ripper street sleepy hollow and the end of the killing
0: and i'm ryan thanks so much for tuning in and if you're in town for the con next week come up to us and say hey i want to see the live podcast and we'll see what we can do till then see you everybody Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. Send email to fans at tvchinwag.com or follow on Twitter at tvchinwag. Music for this podcast provided by YouTube Music. For Ryan, Jules, and myself, Rich Rubin, thanks for listening to TV Chinwag.